This is the I Am A Mainframer podcast, brought to you by the Linux Foundation's Open Mainframe Project. Episodes explore the careers of mainframe professionals and offer insights into the industry and technology. Now your host, Senior Analyst and Vice President of Sales and Business Development at Futurum Research, Stephen Dickens. Hello and welcome. My name is Stephen Dickens and you're with us here today for the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm joined today by Ben Daniels. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So I've heard a lot of good things about you from a good friend of mine, Cameron, say, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Let's just get started here. Sort of position what you do today and, and then we'll use that as a jumping off point for the rest of the conversation. Yeah, so for sure. Um, my name is Ben Daniels, like you said. Um, originally from Syracuse, New York. Uh, graduated uh, undergrad at North Carolina A&T State University. And that's where I met uh, Dr. Say, or Cam. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, so he was actually uh, my professor for Java and a few mainframe classes and wound up being my uh, actual formal mentor. Still is to this day. So we keep it, we keep uh, pretty good touch. So that's how you've kind of come to the show here. Tell Let's go back. Tell us a little bit about what you did at the college with Cam. If you don't know Cameron Say as a listener, go Google this guy. Go check him out. Follow him on all the social channels. Literally one of the best professors out there in the mainframe space worldwide, I would say. But, Ben, talk us through kind of you drop into his classes. Kind of just walk us through because I know there's a lot of students who listen to the show. Yeah, you thinking kind of how do I get into the mainframe space? What's that kind of first experience, if you will? For sure. So um, back at ANT, I uh, the first class I had with Dr. Say was a Java class, and uh, funny story there is um, I got 30s on the first two quizzes. So 30 and 30. I think he gave us 20 points for writing our name. He, uh, you know, he knew he knew it was going to be a, you know a tough jump for us. But um, after that class, I actually wound up uh, passing that class with a 93, I believe. So I'm like, okay, you know, I was able to get over that hurdle. We could, I like this professor. Let's see where this is going as well. But um, I saw that all the other students that were doing well in my department were studying mainframe or they were doing the master of the mainframe competition at the time. And so I, you know, I reached out and said, hey, I want to be a part of that too because I want to be as competitive as possible uh, when it came to graduating and ultimately being prepared uh, to get a job <laughs> upon graduation. But um, it's crazy that there's a reaction there of like get a job after you graduate, but that's why you go, I suppose. And it's not it's not guaranteed either. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people who graduate and they don't have jobs. You know, they wind up having to go back or you know trying to figure out. Okay, look back. Where did I? What did I miss? And I want to make sure that I put myself in position that I didn't um in the best position possible upon graduation. So, so about a few people on the show who've been on Match the Mainframe, we've had a past winner of the show of the wow. competition on the on the show in a couple of years ago now. Yeah. What describe that first experience kind of logging onto a mainframe, <laughs> having to do something, just kind of because I think there's a and the reason why I asked the question, there's a bit of a perception that this platform's kind of old, mm-hmm. hard to use kind of there's barriers to entry you've got to kind of be super experienced was that your experience because i tend to hear it's not but i'm interested so no that wasn't my experience the old piece yes it does seem old it's got that it's got an old feel because it's it's the terminal so there's no there's no gui you're not seeing anything so you log in it's a black screen 
the boop, 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 boop. You know, it's just bouncing there. It's like type in whatever you want to type in. But the master of the mainframe competition for me was really um, educational because there's directions up until there's not. <laughs> so there's directions. They tell you what to do. And then they're like, all right, now with what we taught you, do this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you have to go figure it out. But it's very uh, educational, you know, from in that regard. But um, I was able I completed part one. And then I completed part two to get the T-shirt. I did not uh, do part three. I wanted the T-shirt so that I could walk around the department and say, hey, I'm one of you guys. Fantastic. So how did you find that sort of experience, getting on the platform, understanding what it was? Was it kind of simple to figure it out once you got some basic instructions or was it harder? It was it was a, a healthy challenge. I wouldn't say it was easy or simple, but it was it was it was challenging as it should be. Right. Master, mm -hmm. master the mainframe competition. So it is a competition, but um, it, it was doable. It's not it's not anything that I wouldn't you know, it's not daunting i don't think it's like elitist or anything like that right it's out of reach uh mm -hmm. but you know you have to have this coming in but you have to you know have to be willing to work for sure yeah so talk us through you know you've obviously spent some time on the mainframe cam and the team have sort of got you orientated what did that mean for you as you were coming out and starting to think about graduating what 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 i suppose what opportunities did it give you and kind yeah. of how did it set you up for future success yeah. Okay. So um, I interned, I wound up getting an internship at Cisco. I got that from the career fair at school. So Cisco wasn't the mainframe, but since I stayed so lock and step with Dr. Say an undergrad as my mentor, he wound up being able to take me to some uh, conferences. So for instance, I wound up uh, at Marist college. Mm -hmm. I went to North Carolina a and I wound up in Marist college cause I'm originally from Syracuse. Marist college isn't that far. So I wound up in Marist College during a break on my way home for the holidays and got to network and meet people there. Another time, another conference he took me to was the New York Institute of Technology. And I met, um, you know, Len San Lucia? I know Len very well. There great you know. guy. Right. Been on this show, and I consider Len a friend of mine, really great guy. It, there you go. I mean, exactly. I agree with all of that. We met at the New York Institute of Technology, uh, there was a conference there. And mm -hmm. I, uh, Dr. Tay didn't have the money of uh, budget or funds, but because I was on holiday and I'm from Syracuse, I said, I'll stop in New York City on the way up. So I stopped in New York City on the way up. Len and his wife took us to dinner. And mm -hmm. so now I'm at dinner with the great <laughs> Len San Lucia because I took mainframe classes. And so just from a networking standpoint and meeting people standpoint and I even I even spoke to Lynn recently. I was uh, actually um, entertaining the idea of getting into mainframe. This was in, over the past year. I ultimately mm -hmm. didn't do it. I wound up in my current role now, which is a um, cloud engineer at Oracle. But just I met Lynn ten years ago. You mm -hmm. know, so we're talking about from ten years ago, just from doing the mainframe. I still have people that I know today. You know that I remember fondly, and you know, hopefully, they remember me fondly as well. Well, I think you're on the show, so can put you forward. So I think we I think you can say that with some confidence. Yeah. So I mean, you've ultimately not ended up on the mainframe technology yeah. platform, but I think what I'm picking up, and I want to just check I'm picking it up, is that as you were starting to make those early career moves, access to the mainframe, access to the mainframe community, kind of helped you get started. Would that be a a kind of fair summary? Do you think? 
so I actually did get offered a job, like, you know, a verbal offer at one of these conferences. The mm -hmm. only reason I didn't jump on it and really entertain it is because I had already accepted a job offer at oh. GE, which is where I when I graduated. So there, there was tremendous opportunity there. It's almost like it just never lined up. Mm -hmm. But the opportunity was there. Uh, the interest is there. I think mainframe is it's an amazing technology. And I think it's, you know, once you it's just so vast. It's one of those things I, I know I I know that I'm I've only scratched the surface of it, even though I've taken two classes, even though I've been to these conferences, met people and all this stuff. I've only scratched the surface as far as, you know, the power of it and what it can do. And I, you know, I always see in the news, I follow Cam on uh, you know, on LinkedIn. So I, I it's it's always growing. There's more, there's more, there's more. But um, but for me, it's that there was opportunity there. They just didn't line up. I had uh at different points in my life and in my you know short career so far, I've had other opportunities that I felt um, were a better fit at the time. So tell us what you're doing now. You mentioned your Oracle. What what's the role now? I think yeah. listeners and viewers will be interested to understand kind of come out of college, you've done the classic sort of comp side. You know, you found some mainframe in there. Yep. What that ultimately sort of you mentioned maybe ten years. What that what's that ultimately led to? Where are you today? A lot. Uh, so <laughs> I started at a uh, GE in their IT leadership program. I worked there for about a year and a half. After uh, I I decided to leave GE, um, just because it wasn't shaping up to what I, to what I thought it would be. Right, you graduate mm -hmm. college, they say something. As a college grad, you don't understand because <laughs> yeah. you can't translate uh, school isn't the same as real life. And so I decided to leave there and I ultimately came to Washington, D.C. area and started uh, as a government contractor. So I became mm -hmm. assistant engineer. Um, that was a web based application and I was on the sustainment team. So anytime anything went wrong with it, I'm digging in Splunk, checking the logs. What is going on? <laughs> Why isn't this up right now? And, you know, doing those maybe every four hours doing a system check, making sure top to bottom, everything works. And that was for an electronic health records, uh, web-based application and mm -hmm. that's supporting the government. So that was supporting actually DOD and VA. So our veterans and military there. But after that, I went and became an app dynamics engineer because I got a little bit of introduction to app dynamics while I was in the first role, leveraged that to become an app dynamics engineer supporting department of state. Uh, after that, I wound up supporting um, the Intel community as a senior data engineer. I was actually a data analyst as well. So I got familiar with uh, MongoDB, NoSQL and all that. So, but all of my foundation from, you know, just my IT degree, it, it plugged right in. Like I was able to pick stuff up and everything like that. And I, I believe it would be the same if and when, you know, I was to get into a mainframe role. But most recently, like to answer your question, I'm a, a cloud solutions engineer now. So, and working for working for Oracle, helping. Yeah. yeah so as they're, really, as, is that internally within Oracle, or is that working yeah. with Oracle's clients? It's in, it's uh it's working with clients. So it is it's actually a sales role. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's client facing, but it's very exciting. Um, I just started over there. Uh, hasn't even been a year yet. So I'm learning a ton. But um, I also have the AWS Solution Architect Associate certification from my data engineer role. So that plays a role in it here. So I already have a cloud foundation. So now I'm learning Oracle's cloud, but it's, I mean, you know, in technology, there's just, it's endless. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to learn, right? Yes. There's so much to learn. Yes. So, I mean, the way I listen to that, Ben, is 
made some early moves, got out of college with a strong foundation, and no Cameron run, and the team there run a great program. Yeah. But I think you've been able what I'm listening to is that you've moved around, changed technologies, that there's not been those barriers to like, I'm a mainframe guy, I'm a MongoDB guy, I'm an app dynamics guy. You've been able to kind of pivot and move to different oh, technologies. Sure. Absolutely. Well, why do you think that is? Is that just curiosity to kind of learn sort of some of the fundamentals that Cam and the team gave you? Kind of what, what where would you pin that down to? I'm competitive. <laughs> That's it. Okay. I'm competitive and uh, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I know that there is a lot out there that I don't know. So I'm very curious, very competitive. And so if an opportunity presents itself, I I try to re uh, look at it honestly and say, Hey, is this, is this a good opportunity? Should I seize this? And just try to say yes to as many things in life that makes sense because ultimately that'll make me more well-rounded and more competitive. <laughs> well, I think that curiosity, you know, I've had people at the ends of their careers who've maybe retired out of the mainframe after sort of 40, 45 years on this show. I've had younger professionals. I think the consistent theme that kind of comes through from the people who are successfully building their careers is that curiosity point mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Yeah. The willingness to, hey, I'm maybe out of my comfort zone here, but I yeah. see something that's interesting. Well, I mean, maybe if, if there's some examples of things that you can talk about there. Yeah, I think the um, that brings me back to to those uh, mainframe classes. There was the curiosity there. What does that T-shirt mean? <laughs> what, these guys are just wearing T-shirts around the department, and they're you know whispers and all. Oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. I'm like, I have that curiosity. Not you know, not the arrogance of oh, I got it all figured out. I'm good. I have a good GPA. Whatever, whatever. It's like, what's that? <laughs> so jumping in led to everything that I you know said earlier, right? And then even the curiosity and the challenging myself to try to become an app dynamics engineer after only dealing with it in a limited capacity at the previous role, opportunity presented itself. I said, all right, let's, let's try that. Let's, you know, challenge myself for that, you know, and to do that. And it's just like my current role is my first role in sales. It's a challenge. You know, I've got, I've got a lot of friends though um, from school who are in sales now and it's, can you introduce me to someone? That's that curiosity. I want to understand the sales process, right? And so I I probably went through 30 interviews, no offers, all within Cisco for sales. Got to keep going. Ultimately, you know, I applied at the Oracle job and got right in. But I credit those 30 interviews for getting me, you know, comfortable enough and competent enough to ultimately pass that Oracle interview. And I think we are, as I say, we have a lot of sort of um, younger listeners, people who are starting to think about that career in technology. I think there's a couple of key themes. I mean, continuing to go through the process, continuing to put in the work, continuing mm-hmm. to go through 30 interviews, <laughs> be unsuccessful at all of them. Sorry yeah. to mention it again. No, I mean, no, no. It's, cool. it's the story. It's real. The process, yeah. right? You've got to put in yeah. the work. And then mm-hmm. I think that curiosity is a good sort of, foundation i've heard it said on this podcast but it's always worth repeating i think putting that curiosity out there and i can say that for my own career as well being able to go okay i'm way past my the end of my skis here i'm just gonna double down on the research double down on the knowledge double down on the reading 
go and find some mountain guides, as I call them, who've walked yeah. this path before, and and go and get them to sort of sit down. And I had a pleasure of sitting opposite an IBM distinguished engineer when I worked for IBM. He was deep, deep, deep in the core technology, and and I was in sort of product management and customer facing roles. And I used to often bounce into his office and go, okay, you're just going to have to help me here. What is this piece of technology? Just give it me like I'm a five-year-old. Explain it to me. And you you would think, and I probably spent six or seven years sitting opposite this guy, and you would think he wouldn't be willing to continue to sort of put up with me, but he's like, you're curious. You're asking the right questions. You're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Great mentor for me, and somebody who was prepared to sort of spend the time. So I think, in yeah. the same way that you had Cameron, and sounds like continues to cam- use Cameron for that role. Yeah, I think finding some of those people. Yeah, I, I, to add to that, I would say, especially for those younger listeners, you got to take ownership right of that. Because that IBM distinguished engineer, he's not going to go out and pull you into his office and say, hey, I'm working on some really interesting stuff here. You had to go in and pop in on your own. Yeah. And that's what sparks that growth. And it's the same for me and Dr. Say. Oh, I, sa- I, I said, hey, I want to come meet in your office. And I just asked him, I said, hey, you know, I'd like you to be my mentor. And he's like, what? He's like, I'm, I'm your professor, right? This is literally how the conversation went. He said, you know, I'm, I'm humbled, you know, for you to, you know, make that request or think of me that way. But I don't, I don't, what, what do you, what do you, basically, what do you want? And I said, I don't know. You got connections to the industry. You, you know, you know what's going on. I said, let's meet every two weeks. I'll update you on what I'm doing and you can update me. Let me know if there's anything you think I should be, int- you know, involved in or whatever. He said, okay, that'll work. And as a result, Every two weeks, we would meet for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour. And then he'd say, hey, I got a conference coming up. You can come if you want to. That's how those conferences happened. But Mm -hmm. I had to sit down with him and say, hey, I'm hungry. I want to do more. And I think that's the key thing. Those opportunities are out there. Mm -hmm. Those distinguished engineers sit just fortuitously are there. Those professors are there. Those people are in these positions are always willing to help in my experience. And it sounds yeah. like the same from yours, yep. but then there's not a formal program. There's not a kind of, Hey, on a Wednesday afternoon, um, my office is open. Please come in. There's a sign posted. Yeah. You know, there's not that stuff there. And I think people look for that. And oftentimes, and I think our discussion here proves it. You've got to go find it. Yeah. It's on you to own the opportunity. Some of the, people who've worked with me in my career it's like hey i need help can you help me yeah and they say yes i think yeah and if they can't that's also good information mm-hmm. <laughs> because now you gotta move on to somebody else well and oftentimes i'll go it's not me you can help you with that this person. i know somebody let me introduce you and that's yeah. how the networking works so i mean great discussion man i mean i always ask on these shows and I'm really interested to understand your perspective with what your current job role is. Yeah. You've had exposure to the mainframe. Where do you see that platform sort of five, six, seven years out from that? It's just more modernized. I think it's going to continue to grow. I think that it's going to, um, I don't know, I have a sneaking, sneaking suspicion that it's going to wind up becoming more of a household name and more people are going to know about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, if nothing else, because of what we just saw with the airline industry, 
right? Everybody, those flights, it just went down. What happened? What was that? And and my th- my brain, because I know the mainframe is, you know, the foundation for airlines and banks and things like that, or has been for a long time. I'm thinking like, did they try a migration? Did they try to migrate the cloud or something? And so as those things start to happen, people are going to be more educated and more exposed to, hey, by the way, the mainframe is running all this stuff. And I think that's an opportunity that IBM will probably uh, capitalize on. Like, hey, you know, because IBM has a cloud as well. Yeah. So now they're going to be able to play both sides of the fence. Like you can do the mainframe or you can do cloud. Well, I think it's going to be interesting that for me, the way I look at that is the mainframe is going to become part of that cloud story. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as an either or. I see it as a hybrid. It's either connecting a mainframe to a cloud Mm-hmm. Well, where IBM's going with some of its development is to have IBM in the mainframes in the cloud so that it's it's less of an on-premise structure. It's actually in the cloud. Some of the things they're doing with HyperProtect and mm-hmm. the WASI stuff are, are really in, interesting for me. And, and one of the other questions, and we've spent a bit of time on it in the show, you've got a great perspective, I think, to answer this question. What advice would you be giving to the sort of 22-year-old Ben Daniels? You're sort of forging your way out into the into the market. We've got, as I say, a lot of younger listeners and watchers to the show. What, what would you be saying to those people sort of maybe taking their first step into the market in their career? It's, uh, as I'm actually thinking it through, on one hand, I would say slow down. <laughs> slow down 100%. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's almost like you want to slow down with your movement and activity so that you can really understand where you're at and get a, a better understanding of the opportunities that you actually have. Because sometimes you move too fast, looking back at myself, laser focus, I want to be go, 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 go. But there are tremendous opportunities to meet people, to ask questions to ask more questions and to really get to know people and build relationships. Sometimes you'll move too fast when you're younger and you miss opportunities to build relationships that can be very uh, valuable moving forward. And you can also be valuable to others, but if you're Mm -hmm. moving too fast, then you don't have enough time for that relationship to build. I think that's great advice. And that's the first time somebody said that. I think everybody's like on this churn. They want to move fast. They want to do what's the next role? What's the next course? What's the next certification? What's next? What's next? And I think that that's really good feedback. Maybe take a breath. Mm-hmm. Spend some time in the moment. Really spend some time thinking. Ben, that, this has been a fantastic conversation. Really great to have you on the show. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. So you've been listening to the I'm a Mainframer podcast. Please click and subscribe. And if you like the show, give us a great rating. We'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to I Am a Mainframer. Liked what you heard? Subscribe to get every episode or watch us online at openmainframeproject.org. Until next time, this is the I Am a Mainframer podcast. Insights for today's mainframe professionals.